invite your attention this morning to this subject, Christ transforming culture. Christ transforming culture. On the second Sunday in August, August 9th, Shiloh will celebrate 148 years as a congregation of believers. It's been a wonderful journey in spite of and perhaps because of some of the terrible confrontations with American culture that have taken place over that span of time. This church was organized in 1872 in a deeply divided South. When George Byrd came from Virginia to call together a congregation of African-American believers in Baton Rouge, this city was in the process of resegregating itself along the lines of race. The institution of Jim Crow laws meant that Negroes couldn't vote, couldn't work at certain jobs, couldn't live in certain neighborhoods, and were limited in their access to education. No doubt, lynchings and various acts of bigotry and discrimination were a regular part of the culture into which this church was born. And to a large extent, it's the culture in which we operate today. Certainly, there are subtle differences, but in many ways, our culture is as vicious now as it was then. The inability to vote has been replaced by government efforts to suppress and mitigate our vote. Restrictions on where we could live have been replaced by intentional efforts at redlining and gentrification. Restrictions in educational opportunity have been replaced with moves to defund and underfund public schools such that facilities and personnel are inadequate to meet the need. Lynchings have been replaced with abuses of law enforcement targeting black and brown people, where the result all too often is that people die. Slavery has been replaced by mass incarceration and holding people without trial by demanding unreasonable bail that poor people simply cannot pay. And yet, it is into this culture that Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church is tasked to lift up the name of Jesus in relevant, meaningful, and purposeful ways. Our charge is not to abandon our culture. Our charge is not to seek to be counterculture, but our charge is to transform our culture by invoking the name and the power of Jesus Christ. 
the Christ of the Bible, seeks to transform the culture in which we reside and therefore heighten the quality of our lives. As we learn to be accountable to him and to one another in love. We can learn something meaningful about Christ transforming culture today from our text. According to Matthew, as Jesus concluded his signature discourse, what we commonly call the Sermon on the Mount, the crowd that heard him was amazed, and they were vocal about their amazement. They said, he doesn't talk like the teachers of the law. He doesn't talk like the traditional representatives of Jewish orthodoxy. He doesn't talk like the culture, but he talks like one who has authority. My brothers and sisters, in the year of our Lord 2020, it's important that the church of Jesus Christ finds the voice of Jesus so that it does not merely mimic the traditional voices of culture. The voice of Jesus is a transformative voice. While culture says that it's okay to hate your enemies, the voice of Jesus says love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that use you and persecute you. While culture says that we need to serve ourselves and our needs only. The voice of Jesus says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to offer his life as a ransom for many. The voice of Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all other things will be added to you. While culture condones exploitation and mistreatment of others for the sake of our own comfort, the voice of Jesus says, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. One of the problems with so-called churches today is that they spend their time mimicking the voice of the prevailing culture and they have lost their ability to speak with the voice of Jesus. Let me help you with that today. If you're not speaking to set the captive free, if you're not speaking to restore the sight of the blind, if you're not speaking to pardon prisoners, if you're not speaking to proclaim good news to the poor, then you are mimicking the voice of prevailing culture and you have lost the ability to speak with the voice of Jesus. As Jesus brought this powerful discourse to a close, he offered a parable that was intended to summarize all that he had taught. He talked about two men building houses. And for our purposes, these men represent the prevailing culture and Christ transforming culture. Jesus says that these men had something in common. They both set out to do the same thing. They both set out to do a good thing. Houses provide safety, comfort, and a place of fellowship. According to the parable, 
both men used the same materials above the ground. But there was a major difference, and the difference was that they used different foundations. And the result was that when conditions changed, one house survived and the other fell. When conditions changed, one man's efforts proved to be valuable, while the others became a heartbreaking disappointment. The difference was not in their effort, was not in their sincerity, was not in their good intentions, was not in the intelligence employed, not even in the materials used in the structure itself. The difference was in the foundation. My brothers and sisters, there's a lesson in this for us today about our foundation. The unsuccessful builder was the one who grounded his work in the culture, in capitalistic exploitation, in physical conservatism, in xenophobic fear, in cowardly acts of superiority and brutality. The unsuccessful builder grounded his work in rules that were designed to ignore relationships. The unsuccessful builder grounded his work in having being more important than giving. And when the storms came, when the winds blew, when the pandemic came that shut culture down. When there was a groundswell of rejection and mistreatment of black and brown people by culture, that house came crashing to the ground. But the successful builder grounded his work in a better foundation. The successful builder grounded his work in a transformative foundation. Let's quickly consider what made his foundation better. First, his foundation had a stability that the other did not have. It was so stable that even when a storm came along and blew the other house down, this house was able to survive. And it reminds us, my brothers and sisters, that the true value of a thing is not in its short-term utility, but in its long-term durability. We make a mistake when we try to find stability in things that have no enduring value. Too often, we become consumed by things that are popular and exciting. But can I tell you, many things that are popular and exciting are not intended to last. There's no stability in the things of this world. That's why the hymn writer wrote, time is filled with swift transition. Not on earth unmoved can stand. And since that's true, those who seek stability in life ought to know where it exists. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. There is stability in Christ that you can't find in the things of this world. He said, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for 
I have overcome the world. He's saying, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. And then transformative builders know that a Christ foundation gives an understanding that goes beyond what is immediately visible. Jesus was teaching these people that reality is greater than what it appears to be. These two houses above ground looked strong. They were built to be appealing to the eye. I'm sure that they had the same conveniences. And if you passed by on appearances, it looked like they were the same. But the reality of the differences could not be detected until the houses were put to the test because it wasn't what was on top, it was underneath. Church, this is the great difference between Christ and culture. So much of culture is just appearance. So much of culture is just what's on top. But let me share this with you today. Some of the most precious things in life are things that you cannot see. You can't see success. Oh, you can see what looks like success, but you can't really see success. You can't see happiness, though you can look at things that will make you think that someone is happy. How many folk do you know who are smiling on the outside? and yet they're crying on the inside. Reality is not based on what seems to be. Reality is based on what is. So much of what we call reality is based on illusion and cultural myths. But what matters at test time is that the foundation that you built your life upon is strong. I don't know about you, but I know something about that. I've been through some storms, and I'm stronger now because God brought me through the storms. I'm stronger now than I was before my mama and my daddy died. I'm stronger now than I was before I experienced personal failure in life. I'm stronger now than I was before everybody gave up on me, and I didn't survive because of my culture. I survived because Jesus transformed my culture. I survived because Jesus recentered me. I survived because Jesus gave me peace in the midst of confusion and courage in the midst of despair. I have understanding now that can only come from leaning and depending on the transformative foundation of Jesus Christ. Well, finally, when you build on the right foundation, you discover that culture finds its ultimate fulfillment in Christ, and Christ was glorified through culture. Cultures, my brothers and sisters, come and go. History is about the rise and fall of culture, Egyptian culture, 
Assyrian culture, Babylonian culture, Persian culture, Greek culture had all taken their turn on the stage of history. Each culture was seeking its own ultimate fulfillment, but ultimate fulfillment didn't take place until the coming of Jesus. A little more than 2,000 Years ago, Hebrew culture and Roman culture came together for the purpose of destroying Jesus the Christ. Hebrew culture represented law and prophecy and tradition. It claimed to have a monopoly on holiness. Roman culture represented wealth and military power and control of human destiny through strength and control of human resources. Together, they presented as an unbeatable force through unlimited determination and power. Hebrew culture brought charges against Jesus and had him arrested and convicted and sentenced to die. Roman culture carried out the sentence. The goal was to destroy Jesus, and they did all that they could to accomplish that goal. Scripture says they whipped him until his body was broken and bloody. They pressed a crown of thorns into his brow and laughed at him. They placed a heavy cross on his shoulders and sent him stumbling and falling through the streets of Jerusalem. They hammered nails into his hands and into his feet. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. They mocked him and jeered him as he hung there until he died. But what neither culture understood was that in all their effort to destroy Jesus, they were actually unwitting accomplices in his goal to transform culture. They were unwitting accomplices in his goal of bringing us ultimate fulfillment because I heard him say, if I am lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to me. Jesus transformed our culture. The stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone. Jesus transformed our culture. God exalted him and gave him a name that's above every name. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee must buy. At the name of Jesus, every tongue must confess that Christ is the Lord of all to the glory of God the Father. I'm closing now, church, and I want you to understand that I appreciate the importance of culture. I acknowledge the richness of culture. I, I'm grateful for the lessons of culture, but can I tell you that my hope ain't in my culture? that my hope is not in American culture, that my hope is not in African-American culture, my hope is not in Southern culture, my hope is not in denominational culture, then where is your hope? My hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in who he is and what he's done for me. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus name on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground all of the ground 
is sinking sand. If we are to be the church that God called us to be, then we must not succumb to culture. We must not mimic culture. We must not seek to advance culture. But we must transform culture by lifting up the name of Jesus. Only Jesus can make rough places plain. Only Jesus can make crooked places straight. Only Jesus can turn the darkness of midnight into the light of noonday. Only Jesus can protect you from your enemies. Only Jesus can make a way for you out of no way. You lift up who you want. I'll stand with Jesus. He's a heart fixer. He's a burden bearer. He's a mind regulator. He's a door opener. He's bread when you're hungry. He's water when you're thirsty. I'll stand with Jesus because I know that he will transform our culture and we'll be better than we've ever been before. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for a word that reminds us that there is transformative power in the name and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. In a world that seeks to mimic, in a world that seeks to assimilate, in a world that is divided,